When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi again, everybody. Welcome into a very special episode of the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. Today on this special episode, I'll be sitting down with Pacers head coach Nate McMillan. Exactly one month ago today, he was promoted after three years as associate head coach to Pacers head coach. Now he's in that first chair, and as he'll explain, things are entirely different when you are the guy. We'll get into what the last month has been like for him, some of the first things on his agenda, a couple new things that he will be implementing, and how he feels about Paul George playing in the Olympics. Subscribe to the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, whichever outlet you like to listen to your podcast, we are on there. Subscribe, and every time a new podcast is posted, you'll be alerted right away. Let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Pacers head coach, Nate McMillan. Coach, you've been on the job now a month. How would you describe what has transpired for you personally and professionally over the last month or so? Well, a lot of excitement, you know, uh, just getting back into the head coaching role of uh, every day, uh, preparing the practice plan, uh, you know, getting ready for our draft workouts. It's been exciting. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Um, We've had some good young talent to come in, and uh, we're looking and really excited about the draft this year. In years past, during these pre-draft workouts, we always saw you right there with the players, rebounding for them, working with them, making sure they are in the right spot. Now we see you more at half court, soaking in the scene, taking in the big picture items. How has your role in the entire draft process changed since becoming a head coach once again? Well, uh, uh, I want more hands-on. And, uh, you know, that was one of the things that I talked about uh, or – uh, you know, I said that I would change if I got the opportunity again. I delegated a lot, of, lot more work to my assistant coaches in Portland, you know, towards the end of my uh, coaching career there. And I said if I, if I got back into it, I wanted to get on the floor more with the, with the players and, and do the things that I did uh, when I started off coaching. Uh, I think that is, is, is very important. Uh, that I'm um, working with these guys one-on-one, communicating with them. I think I have great assistant coaches, so I certainly want to allow those guys to uh, coach. But I will make sure that I'm involved with uh, uh, what our guys are doing on a daily basis. What are you able to get out of, of doing that? Why did you change your perspective after being a head coach? Well, you know, you know part of it was you, know, you, you just had so much energy as a young coach coming in and uh, I could still get out on the floor and, and guard these guys. And, and, <laughs> and, you, uh, and, and you shared with us three years yeah, ago, and, you ruptured your Achilles. I doing did. All that. I did. Uh, you know, one day I just decided that I'm going to really get out here and play with you and, and uh, you know, got my pr- practice gear already and got out there and uh, uh, played uh, with our guys and ended up tearing my Achilles. But uh, I want to do the same thing. You know, the last three years I've been in that role of working guys out and, 
and, uh, you know, trying to teach them, uh, you know, the NBA game of basketball, uh, you know, working with them on, on their skill set and everything. So I will continue that. I won't back off and just be that head coach that is uh, sitting, standing on the sidelines and allowing the assistants to do everything. I will, uh, you know, continue to uh, do the things that I've been doing as an assistant, uh, you know, working with guys one-on-one, uh, getting them into uh, the office and watching film, breaking down film with them, and uh, just talking to them uh, as much as possible about the things they need to improve on, how they can improve, uh, and you know, tr- just keeping a pulse on where our guys are at. How important was it to you to get the get the coaching staff solidified with Dan Burke and Popeye Jones staying on staff? Well, I felt that you know this staff was a good staff and. Uh, we we were uh, we had good assistants. I thought we were a good assistant group uh, for Frank. I thought Frank did a good job. You know, so I enjoyed working uh, with our guys. And uh, you know, once I was presented with the opportunity, you know, I wanted to keep those guys on board. And I talked with uh, Dan Burke and Popeye about uh, staying on board. I knew that. Uh, if if that if I didn't do that, there would be a lot of teams uh, coming after those guys. And right away, you know, they committed. Uh, they did not uh, hesitate in the sense of, well, I just want to see what is out here available for me. Uh, they uh, enjoyed working here and being a part of this organization and working with our guys. And uh, as I said, no hesitation. Uh, they wanted to be on board. We needed to just hire one more assistant coach, which was to uh, a guy to fill my spot. And while changing in the head coach, you taking over, that provides some stability, some continuity for the players in this organization from a coaching staff perspective. No question about it. You know, a lot of times when uh, changes are made uh, at the head coaching position, you want changes made throughout throughout, uh, the organization. And, uh, again, it was a good group of uh, assistant coaches. Uh, They had a good relationship uh, and working relationship with our players, and I wanted to certainly uh, get those guys locked up as soon as possible. When it comes to staffs and uh, player development, that's an area that seems to continue to blossom throughout the league. Your son's a player developmental mm-hmm. guy down in New Orleans. Do you think down the road or even as soon as this year that position – might expand here for your team as you have the Mad Ants, you have the Pacers, and that's really an area of need. Yeah, a lot of teams are, are going to a developmental coach. We will hire that position this year. This this will be new for us uh, where we will have a guy that uh, is head of our developmental program. Our, our coaches, our bench coaches will continue to work with our players, but we will have a guy that is uh, strictly focusing on developing all of our players, coming up with a plan. Uh, to improve them. Uh, basically, he will be working uh, alongside of the, co- the coaching staff, including myself, uh, in the sense of uh, we will let him know what we want these guys uh, to do, the areas we want them to uh, improve in, and he will come up with a plan uh, throughout the uh, uh, season to improve our players. And uh, this, is a, this will be a new position for us uh, this year. We hope to have this guy in place before summer league starts. And you, because your time is limited, whether you're viewing film or you have media obligations mm-hmm. as well, but it's got to be refreshing for you after a pre-draft workout 
you barely broke it down with, with the guys and said a few words to the pre-draft workout guys before the door mm-hmm. broke open and you had five guys come through to get a workout in. That is really good to see. It's telling. And uh, it's, 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 it's really good to see because we can't uh, – uh, you know, make our guys come in. You know, we can talk to them about uh, coming in and uh, we and, and and about the things we want to do. But you know, this is the off season. These guys, uh, you know, have the right to make the decision to go back to their summer or their second homes, or you know, wherever their agents are at, and work out and train. As you mentioned, we have five guys here. Five of our young guys are here. Paul was in town last week working out. Uh, that was good to see. Uh, you know, a month after basketball was over uh, for us, we have guys back in the gym. Our guys are, are staying here through, throughout the summer. Uh, they will take a, uh, a break here and there. But you, you have uh, Joe uh, Young out there, Miles Turner out there. Shane is out there along with uh, Rock uh, being out there. And, and as I mentioned, Paul uh, was in town last week. So all of that is good. We will be sending out our coaches and our trainers out to some of our, uh, to work with some of our veterans throughout the summer. Uh, so guys will be uh, uh, getting their work in and, uh, you know, getting themselves uh, stronger mentally as well as, well as physically for next season. I was going to ask, every summer I know like Josh Corbeil, Sean Wendell, mm-hmm. trainer and strength and conditioning coach go out and visit. Maybe it's George Hill down in mm-hmm. Texas. And you mentioned the assistant coaches. Might, might you be a part of that in some of those visits? No question. Uh, I will uh, go and see some guys. I'm, the, right now my plan is to uh, be out in Las Vegas. Uh, not that uh, Vegas is a, That's pretty gr- cool. yeah, yeah. a great place to go, but Miles will be participating uh, with the U.S. Olympic team uh, on the practice squad, working uh, and playing against uh, the uh, our national team uh, this summer. Uh, PG has not uh, decided whether he's going to play or not, but I'm anticipating that he will be a part of that national team. And I will go out to Vegas to uh, watch those guys uh, practice for a couple days. And I'll be talking uh, to all of our guys throughout the summer and uh, whatever they need you know, far as uh, from the coaching staff or uh, uh, our trainers, we want to make sure that we provide that for them. Some may not know this, but you were an assistant coach for, for Team USA for several years. Mm-hmm. Have, you don't get a gold medal, but you're part of gold medal mm-hmm. teams. Yeah. What can an experience like this do and help a guy like Miles Turner, so young mm-hmm. and still eager to learn, um, but playing amongst the best, even from his age group as well? Well, you know, I spent seven years with uh, – with the Olympic team, and uh, during that time, we won three gold medals. Uh, 2008, uh, we won a gold. 2010, we won the world championship, and then uh, 2012, uh, we won the gold in London. So, uh, all of those guys during that time, uh, we were really concerned with uh, guys recovering. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these guys that play for the national team. They're playing for. They're playing in the championship right now, uh, and uh, we knew that it was going to be important that uh, we work our guys. But we also uh, respect the fact that it is off season for them. Uh, they've played a long, grueling NBA season, and the 45 days that they spend with a national team, we would be sending them back to their team. So we wanted to make sure that these guys were healthy and uh, that we weren't going overboard for our scheduling 
exhibition games, our travel, uh, Mr. Colangelo, Coach K, uh, have done a great job. Now they have it down to a science where uh, they know how much to do with these players to get them prepared for uh, winning uh, a gold medal and uh, and not overdoing it where these guys are worn out and they're not ready for a regular season. Uh, but in the seven years that I was with the uh, Olympic team, we saw all of our guys – uh, not only win the gold medal, but they went back to their team and showed improvement. And uh, well, we've they seen had, that with Paul in the past. And, and they've, sure. had, they've had uh, improvement. Uh, they have been healthy enough to get through their seasons. And, you know, a lot of these guys were MVP candidates. candidates. Uh, so uh, you're playing against the best. And uh, you're playing against the, against the best in the world when you go to uh, the Olympics. And certainly Miles being on that practice squad, having the opportunity to practice against our national team, uh, I mean, he, he, he's going to improve. He's going to get better. Uh, I think he's gonna, he certainly is going to gain a lot of confidence uh, out there that week uh, when he's able to pair himself up against – you, you know, name it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it could be Durant. It could be LeBron. Uh, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to be against some of the, our best players uh, in the world, and then you're going to be facing that type of competition in the Olympics. So, um, you know, for those guys, I think this is you can't get any better uh, talent than what you will be facing in the Olympics. With the con- consideration for what you said, of the, the grind that it can be for the players, mm-hmm. how much of you is kind of torn between this is a great opportunity for Paul, he's wanting to go live out a dream and get a gold medal for his country, the same time understanding his circumstances, and this is really the year doctors told him that the second year following surgery, this is the one where you regain your form. Are you torn on that, especially being a a former coach for Team USA? No, not really. I mean, as I told Paul, he has to listen to his his body, and he has to listen to those doctors and, uh, you know, make a smart decision. Uh, You know, the games that he will be playing, and as I mentioned, uh, the Olympic Committee and the coaching staff and and all of those guys are – they, they want to make sure that they're not putting these players in harm's way. So they limit the number of practices uh, that they have, uh, the number of exhibitions uh, that they play in. It's a 40-minute game, and when you're playing 12 players or trying to play 12 players in, in 40 minutes, most of those guys will be playing 15, 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, they they won't be playing 35. There's no need to, especially it's, it's, in those There's really no need to. So you're they, at the most they'll play, you know, uh, between 10 and 20 minutes a game. Uh, it's not a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. As I mentioned, they don't practice. Uh, they don't have those grinding hard practices. The training camp would probably be the hardest that they go when they practice against uh, the practice squad. Uh, but after yeah. that. Uh, it's, it's just it, you don't have to grind them down. And, uh, you know, Coach K, I think this is his ninth or tenth year doing it. Uh, and they know uh, and they have the plan in place to make sure that those players are prepared to win gold, but also they will have time to recover and have themselves ready 
to uh, represent their organization. A couple more questions because I know you got to get back to uh, everything back in the, yeah. there, there in the locker room. Things have come fast at you. When it comes to this upcoming season, are you still kind of in wait and see, still do, to be determined mode where you still have the draft and free agency to shape your team? Yeah, well, uh, you know, we, we know uh, we have guys in place that we know will be back. You know, so we're thinking about that and you know, what we've done this season and how we can improve. And certainly, you know, once we we uh, select our uh, player during the draft and we're able to pick up some free agents, then you have the you know better feel for okay the personnel that you have and the system that you need to put in place. You know, I have a month or two to put that system in place and get uh, ready for a veterans camp in September. Uh, so in a, it's an exciting time. And, uh, you know, you're, it's, like, it's almost like Christmas. And mm-hmm. you're waiting to – Yeah, we're, yeah we're just seeing what you're going to have in about uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, – you know, we'll certainly know on draft day – uh, the players that we have, but free agency can take a little longer. But hopefully we we have that in place as well where, uh, you know, we make an offer to a player, if not our own players. Uh, you know, Jan is a, a free agent. Uh, coming uh, off his best season. Yeah, coming yeah. off his best season. And, you know, hopefully we can get our, our free agent signed early, as soon as possible. And we'll have our roster in place at no later than the mid- middle of July. Uh, so it's an exciting time. And, uh, you know, once all of that happens, of, of course, the coaches will, will be talking throughout the summer uh, and planning for veterans camp and uh, the best style that's suited for the roster that we have. With the exception of media obligations, biggest change from going associate head coach to the big guy? Is it just the pressure of the outside? Noise, oh, yeah. It's, the, it's, it's a whole, the, it's, it's if, a whole if different. If you win, you're a great coach. If you lose, you made that mistake in the fourth quarter. I think, I think the biggest thing is sleepless nights. Okay. <laughs> you don't sleep much <laughs> uh, when, you, when you move over to that first seat because your mind is always going as uh, far as uh, things that's happening with the team. And you know, being able to try to shut, shut it down uh, is very difficult to do you know, because – even in the off season, you're you're constantly thinking about ways what to improve. What more can you do? Yeah, ways to improve your squad, ways to improve the staff, ways to improve the game. Uh, you know your your players and each and every player that you have on your roster, that 15 man roster. If you have 15 players, your coaching staff. You know what can we do better uh, to improve this team? So uh, I think the biggest thing is you know. Uh, your 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 sleepless nights and uh, making sure you get that rest and you come in uh, fresh and, and ready to go. Uh, you know, for definitely that first seat is a different seat. Uh, it's a lot more pressure. You make all the decisions. Uh, the final decision is yours, and uh, you know you got to own that. And uh, you know, so I've been there for twelve years. I've done this before. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, over 930 games. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to the opportunity uh, to work with this group. I appreciate it, Coach. Thanks so much for taking time. No, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed that conversation with Coach McMillan, and I appreciate it again him taking the time out of his busy schedule to connect with me. 
Well, my shout-out for this week goes to Pacers Director of Scouting, Ryan Carr, and his entire scouting staff. This upcoming week, this is the busy one for them. This is where they earn their money. Throughout the season, they're spread out across the U.S., even a scout across the country, scouting international talent. But this is the week they all make their way to Indianapolis, stay together, and help guide and advise Pacers President of Basketball Operations, Larry Bird, who has the final say in who the Pacers draft. This year, the Pacers hold draft picks 20 and 50, and it wouldn't surprise me if there's some movement across that first round, especially with Boston and some other teams holding so many picks. But my shout-out to this week goes to Ryan Carr and his entire scouting staff. That'll do it for this special episode of the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. It's